Mike, turn your games down. Hi, bro. Episode 233 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbardton, and who's hopping around with me tonight? This is uh, Bill Tucker from A Gamer Looks at 40, and World 7 can eat my butt. That is true. <laughs> and I'm Barry Carenza from Premium Edition Games, where you can get all great physical releases of digital-only titles at premiumeditiongames.com. All right, and welcome. And you are both here to join me for a game that somehow I have never beaten over the years and, and needed to talk about. We are here to talk about Super Mario Brothers 3. Developed by Nintendo R&D 4, published by Nintendo, came out in 1990 for the NES. And now it's on, like, everything for Nintendo-wise. Oh, and Barry, by the way, before we continue, I just want to thank you for uh, doing the Lord's work in, in creating physical games of digital media. We, uh, all, any collector appreciates you, sir. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's why we started the company, because we, we there's so, so many games out there. Every week, there's like a good 15 to 20 digital games released that just like sink to the bottom of the shops because no one talks about them. And there's some fantastic titles that just don't get the exposure they need. So not only do we get to do that, but we also get to preserve them physically. So when stores go down, like NIS right now is pulling like, what, six games because they're losing the publishing rights. And the physicals, thankfully, of those games exist. But now that's the only way to play those games. So we try and do our best. Awesome, man. Yeah, which, when you talk about Nintendo, it definitely does fit, too. But no, it happens to everybody. I, I hate it when things... Like, battle, like, for example, I know Battlefield Bad Company 2 was getting delisted pretty soon here because of rights, and I, I went and grabbed it digitally before that happened. At least, you know, because there's a physical that exists, you can play that. Yeah. There is a way. There's so many of these digital games that will disappear and gotten even big properties. I mean, Konami has a bunch of them that, that are gone did a rights you know they did like turtles in time remake is gone and you know all the we wear stuff like konami had the rebirth series like castlevania rebirth gone unless you had a Wii with it downloaded you can't play that game at all like it's terrible or other ways but yes <laughs> well okay legally yeah i know yes <laughs> legal <laughs> I, know. I have the the rebirth games in my possession to play them i so that's why i made that comment but no it's good that what you do but uh mario 3 i mean that's <laughs> it's the most one of the most popular games on the NES. It's uh, it's a Stone Cold classic. I don't know what I can say on this show that has been said a thousand times, That's but fun. yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a classic. Uh, uh, so, Mike, what was your first time playing Mario Three? God, I don't I don't think I ever really played the NES version. I I was I I feel like I was at a flea market or some weird like con- wouldn't have been a convention, but just some kind of like feature like that where people or some kind of swap or some sale. And my mom bought this for me, the All-Stars version, because I never had an NES. And that was my first experience playing Mario 3 was on the All-Stars version, which, of course, I never beat as a kid because I wasn't good enough. And I didn't I was terrible at platformers. That one even had save states or save files. Yeah, that was there were neither, though. That was the problem. (laughs) So there were save files in in Mario. In All-Stars, yes. That's I got I think I got to World 6 or 7, maybe. I think I might have gotten to 7 through pure just keep playing. But. I never, I never beat it. If I ever got to World Eight, maybe I got to, but I never, I definitely never finished it. What about I you, Barry? Never oh, beat sorry. this game until this week. So yeah, <laughs> and Barry. Uh, for me, uh, I didn't have an NES as a kid uh, until I was in sixth grade, which was '94, Christmas '94. So I experienced all the NES classics through friends' houses. Played so much, I would go to friends' houses and just play NES. Because my mom was like, no, you can't have that. You have Atari. So <laughs> I was, we had a bungalow colony 
up in upstate New York in the mountains. And the kid came up. It was the first time I saw it. They came up with their NES. And, of course, I was like, oh, yeah, I get to play your NES. And they had Mario 3, and they wouldn't let me play it. So my first <gasps> experience was watching other people play it, and I was just enamored. I was like, this looks so much better than Mario 1, and this looks amazing. Uh, and it wasn't until after that, and I came back home, and, and uh, my friends locally, they had it, and I was able to play it and just experience it. And I, I remember using like the Nintendo Power Guide and like getting to the, the mm-hmm. card flipping mini game yeah. and using like the strategy to get all the stuff. And and of course, at that age, you know, without the internet, the the warp whistles were the big thing when someone figured out a warp whistle. And it always had to show off our prowess that we knew where the warp whistles were. And we always got the first two warp whistles. And, you know, we always warped right to World 8. So my biggest experience in this game is World 1, a little bit of World 2, uh, and then World 8. And World 8 was always so tough. And the, the damn tanks and the airships always kicked our butts. And, and I really didn't experience much of the middle of the game because that's all we did. Warp, we got to warp, we got to warp to beat the game. And we did. But, like, then when we started discovering other worlds like World 4, Giant Land, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. Like, it, we've been skipping 90% of the game the whole time. And, of course, like you said, World 7, Pipe Land can go die in a fire. <laughs> but, it, but yeah, it was, it was a classic. And, of course, once I got my NES, it was one of the first games I got. And uh, I played through multiple times. I loved it. That's cool, man. I, I, I am, I guess I'm the oldest person here. And I think as I age, I'm going to continue. I think I'm going to be saying that more and more often as I do <laughs> recordings with people, which is fine. I'm a firm, I love being the oldest person in a room because I feel like I'm the old soothsayer that gets to like bring up the days of yore. Thank I, you. Usually I'm the oldest, so I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had Mario three upon release. Uh, it was in the playground. I guess Mario three came out what? 1990. 1990, so I was 10. Uh, my first exposure to Mario 3 was via the movie The Wizard. Yes. I, I saw that in theaters at a friend's birthday party. It might have been mine. It might have been my birthday party. And if you listen to my podcast, A Gamer Looks at 40, the very first episode is my best friend and I recounting our experience seeing The Wizard because we remember it like it was yesterday. So just to kind of give you some background, Mario 2 was one of my first Nintendo games, and I love Mario 2. It's been well documented on this show how much I adore yes, Mario 2. <laughs> I, I think Mario 2 does things better than Mario 3. Uh, we won't get into that conversation, but I so Mario 2 was very hard to get a hold of back in those days. I remember waiting like a good nine months before mm-hmm. my mom picked it up. And then Mario 3, though, they fixed that problem. It was everywhere. And you could not survive a playground without talking about Mario 3 when it came out. So just imagine maybe six months probably before the release, you get this movie. That's not very good. It's not, it's not a good movie. Sitting down in the theater and seeing basically a 10-minute commercial for Mario 3. And what they did was they showed the first world. They showed how to get the first warp whistle. And they, they actually might have shown the second one too. And they also showed the giant world, the world four. Because again, how visually impressive that was. And it was a big commercial for Mario 3. But they didn't need to sell it because that was the biggest deal. And I've now I've owned it on several... I never had the All-Stars version because I didn't really need it. I had all the other ones. And so much nicer. They are nicer. I've played the All-Stars <laughs> since. I do like them. Mario 2, I think, is weird because you can change your character after every death, which I'm not used to. In the original Mario 2, once you pick a character for a world, you're done to get a continue. You can't swap out of it. Um, I like them. I think they're good. I have it on the DS. We'll talk about the DS version. Uh, the Mario Advance 4, they titled it for some goofy reason, I think that it was. That was GBA. GBA, rather. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so yeah, GBA. I, I was playing that a little bit before. I still have that. We'll talk about those versions. 
Of course, I've bought it a hundred times because Nintendo loves loves selling you the same game over and over and over again. That's how they make a lot of their money because Nintendo <laughs> loves money more than all things. So, yeah, that's <laughs> not necessarily true. I mean, it's kind of, I, mean, I don't know. Operation Rainfall money. existed because they didn't love money. The fact that there's only 500 <laughs> Mario Kart 8 limited editions and 500 Hyrule Warriors limited editions for the entire continent of North America proves <laughs> they don't love money. Fair. I say, you know what? Fair. That's a very that's a fair comment. I have my my theories, but that's a fair comment. I I will I will retract. I'll walk back from that a little bit. I have beaten Mario three dozens upon dozens of times. I've beat it all the way through. For this podcast, I beat it legit all the way through. I used rewind once because it was getting to be midnight. Like ah, I just get through this world seven thing. Um, I ended with like fifty five lives. I, I world eight, like you said, Barry, we always warp to world eight. So that's literally muscle memory for me. I know exactly how to get through it without probably maybe without probably losing a life at this point, maybe a few on the final. But anyway, this game is pure muscle memory for me. And uh, except world seven, I always skipped it because it's a pain in the ass. And now I remember why, because it is a pain in the ass. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. It, it really is. I, so I've never really experienced a lot of this game. I mean, I've played it here and there. I mean, I, as a kid, I played through the majority of it, but I never. This was the first time, and for this podcast, I played through the Super Nintendo version first, because I preferred the All-Stars version, because that's what I grew up with. Then I played the GBA version to beat that. Then I beat the the card level, the e-reader levels that are on the GBA version, if you have the right version. <laughs> that didn't, that didn't, wasn't on the GBA. And then I, then I went and played the NES version last, finished it last night, just so I could play all three versions of this game for this episode. And... That was a hell of an experience. And there are a lot of subtle differences in all three. Absolutely. I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. Right. I think the GBA version is my favorite just because of some of the like real subtle differences that I noticed when I was playing. And I just, I can't, the NES version is ugly to me. So compared to All-Stars. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah, but you can't really compare. It's, again, at the time, it was mind-blowing. The, the oh, yeah, leap no, from I... two... Because two, again, as we all know, Doki Doki Fact was was an outlier. But again, at that era, that's how games were. Like you know, Castlevania Two was different than one. Zelda Two was different than one. It was never an expectation it would be the same experience. So no one cared. It was still awesome. And then Mario Three, though, comes, no, uh, uh, Mario yeah. Two really was the same as one. We just never got it. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> true. Exactly right. And then Mario Three was just such a leap from the original. I mean, there's nothing like it. It, there was literally nothing like it, and it still plays beautifully. I played the NES version on the Switch Online for this play this playthrough. I wanted to do the original. I played it all the way through, all all the levels except for a couple I skipped because getting late last night. And it's it plays beautifully. I mean, it really does. I think Mario World is a better game, and I think it's objectively a better game. I know people like this more. I don't know why, but that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. But uh, it's. It still plays wonderfully, and it's a great example of the power of level design and, of course, the power of control. And it melds those two worlds so beautifully and so expertly. It's it's a feat of NES platforming. I, I'll echo you with World there, but I totally agree. And I, th I think when people look at all-time classics, certain classics don't hold up as well as others, especially during that early 3D phase of gaming. But there's something simplistic the controls like so something nintendo does with controls with especially with mario games so many other platformers out there there's something off about the controls and most yep. other ones but nintendo somehow seems to have nailed it this game controls like a dream if you die it was your fault 
Yep. And the level designs are like like people thought it was easy to design levels, and when Mario Maker came out, it proved that it's not as easy just to design a good level. It's easy to design a level, but not a mm-hmm. good level. And Nintendo knew. I mean, they used the the graph paper. They planned all this out. And I, now I feel bad, you know, as an adult looking back, like how I skipped all those levels that those designers spent all that time working <laughs> and crafting. Uh, and I have such an appreciation for, but it's timeless and it's still timeless. And that's the reason they re-release. And, you know, they talk about selling the games over again. You know, we talk about Mario All-Stars and, and Mario uh, Advance 4's versions. They did change it. It wasn't just here's sure. the NES ROM. They went back and they updated it and they, you know, added little subtle things. And you could tell they crafted it with love as opposed to just here. We're just going to throw this out there. And it never felt mandatory to me. Like Mario All Stars, it was almost like a freebie because the the draw to that was lost levels. It was finally being right. able to play Mario Two. So if you bought that just for that, you were buying it a brand new game. And they gave that away for free. Like, I remember a lot of, you know, with Super Nintendos, if you didn't have one, that was a freebie. Mario Advance 4, they again were using it to push the e-reader. And they added a crap ton of levels, which, you know, when that came out, I didn't buy Mario Advance 4. Because I was like, I did this already. I would rather buy a different game for the GBA. But I bought the cards, but I never used them. I just kept them sealed. So I still have them oh, interesting. sealed. Oh, wow. So when oh. they went to the nso and they included those because i know they included on the wii u virtual console version which i didn't get because i'm I was like i'm not going to buy that right now but when it was on the nso and i already buy that so i was like oh i now i have it for free pretty much i went back and played those levels and it was like a brand new mario game so if you've never played those it's a brand new mario game entirely which is awesome now, i have a question on the nso they actually have those those levels where are they well, the, the gba version uh, you boot up Mario Advance 4, and right at the start, you could choose e-reader, and you check click that, and there's yeah. a whole all, all the e-reader cards are there, and you could play through every level. Oh, that wow! Was first added on the Wii U Virtual Console. Yeah, yeah, that was that that's version too. But that's the ROM that they brought to NSO. So if you've never used those levels, you've never played those levels, never experienced them, it's a brand new Mario game in 2023, and it's all accessible, and it has the rewind feature, of course, and the save states as well. That's really cool. So we don't talk about the extra levels. I actually, in my hand as we speak, have a cart of Mario Advance 4 with those e-reader levels on it. There's only 32 because at the time you could only save 32 levels. Yeah. I think of the cars, there's like 70 of them. And across well, like 12 different like power up cards and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'll tell you the quick story. I my best friend, Joey, uh, who who uh, is literally I've been friends with him since third grade. If you listen to that episode, him and I are on that <laughs> recounting that wizard experience. And he calls me out of nowhere, out of, out of nowhere. Bill, Bill, meet me at McDonald's. I got to I got to get you more Mario levels. He always say Mario, never said Mario. He always said Mario. It's a very New Jersey thing. We, I don't know we, why. We all did. Uh, wow, well, I'm in Jersey. So, yeah, we did OK, that. there you go. See, it's a very Jersey thing. I'm from North Jersey. North uh, Jersey Bloom- here, too. Yeah, Bloomfield. Fairlawn. Hey, there you go. See, look at that. We're, we're, <laughs> <Right>. we're literally <laughs> neighbors. Literally <laughs> neighbors. I don't live in Jersey anymore, but uh, oh. I I do not. I live in uh, Texas now. But uh, anyway, that's all right. It's fine. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Take the good with the bad if we won't get into that conversation. Uh, so so anyway, so he calls me, and you'll get this reference then, Barry. He calls me. We go to the McDonald's on the parkway. But exit 142 is this giant McDonald's that was like one of those test ones. But they had McPizza and McRib and all the stuff that they would what? test out. Yeah, McPizza. My brother, all he would eat is McPizza for the longest time. Whenever he went to McDonald's, 
all the kitty ate was a McPizza. They had these big ovens, and it was a special little section of the Parkway McDonald's off Exit 142. I have a lot of stories about Exit 142. That's where, <laughs> that's where my friend Joey used to drive around with the Dreamcast in his car. And we'd nice. go to the Exit 142 McDonald's and they had TVs. And we'd plug it into the TVs in the restaurant and play Crazy Taxi on the TVs in the middle of this McDonald's. Like, <laughs> just a crazy person. He would walk around with his Dreamcast. It was somewhat portable. It was small. So anyway, anyway, I keep going off, off the rails here. But we, uh, he's like, I, I go over and he has an e-reader. He has one. He's like, Brady, you have your copy of Mario Advance 4? I'm like, yes, I do. So he hooks up this device and he starts scanning cards. And when they on the cards, for some reason, I don't know why, because for the, I, I don't know why, but half of the titles are jumbled and just random weird characters. So you just, half of them have regular like names and the other half are just jumbled and it unlocked levels and they are genuine levels, but the, the titles are all just really bizarre and just weird That's they're all just weird. random characters they're not like that on the nso version no, no like yeah no. yeah they're all cleaned up so i don't know if you like for whatever reason the e-reader just didn't get the title but it got the level i don't know because i'm sure i'm sure the levels were there it just unlocked them obviously but anyway so i i have all 32 and they're they're a pain in the ass some of those yes yeah. but they actually incorporate mario 2 mechanics you can pick up how blocks there's mario there's ropes you can climb there's, there's even mario is in it? Yeah, there's a couple. There's Yoshi's in it, I think, in one of the levels. Yeah. Oh, I think so. I didn't see Yoshi in it. I played through all of them before, and they were hard as hell. If I wasn't using save states, I never would have got through them. Yeah, yeah. I again, I did the Mario. I did them all without save states, and also, I think it's interesting because there's actually also a World One One from the original Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. It's just done up in the Mario Three there's style, just yeah. super fun. A bunch. That's, they did a bunch of levels from the first game. Yeah, one one all of one 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 two is there. I think one three and one four, like the whole world. Yeah, the, the whole world, and then the first level of, two, and then two one, is two, one. two I think. Yeah, like the, I, I love that they went and they they added those extra levels because we talk about things, you know, just in the start of this about things disappearing. They did something very similar with New Super Mario Brothers two, where they had DLC levels, including remakes of like you know World one one and stuff. But those deal that DLC is gone. The eShop's gone. So if you never downloaded right. it, those Mario game, those Mario levels are lost, which That's is a shame. terrible, absolutely terrible. And this was kind of like that, but they did do DLC with physical media. The data is actually on the card. It does. Mm-hmm. That's why I can only save so many things. If it was on yeah. the, the the actual GBA cart, it, you would have them all. Oh, okay, that makes sense. The, then. the okay. data is that was the whole idea. of The e-reader is those strips actually had data, and it was reading it, which is why with the NES games, it took ten swipes because you were literally downloading <laughs> ten codes of data just to play an nes game but i thought that was such a novel idea and of course the e-reader did not succeed and i got that at launch i was so excited i bought that right at launch i thought it was really cool technology and barely used it after like the first day or two (laughs) but i i got the mario 3 cards because i'm like well let me just pick these up because like i figured i could find the cart later on easier than i would find the cards so I still have the the cards sealed. So I never got to experience those until NSO. And uh, I'm really thankful that they preserved those in, in a way that more people can experience it. Because while they are physically preserved, it's, it's more of a pain in the ass in 2023 to hook up everything and get everything than it was in, what, 2004? Yeah, something around that area, I think. So, uh, yeah, because yeah, 2004 was the DS as well. So I think it was right before the DS came out. Yeah, since um, that attracts with kind of me being able to drive and meet, meet Joey for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't do good either. So uh, I remember it when it came out. I had no interest in it, but I remember yep. people talking about the e-reader. I remember seeing it at the store. I just didn't, I didn't have a GBA, so I didn't care. 
it's definitely cool. That, that is cool that it's on. I didn't realize that the makes sense that everything's just on the on the card. It's not on. It's on the physical cards. I mean, yeah, cards. physical card. Yeah, the data. But That's the, cool. other, otherwise, there would be no. It would be. I mean, even amiibo like. Uh, like amiibo the the data is not on the amiibo it's just the the chip says register this is mario so the, the all the stuff you're unlocking is already on the cart the the game already and it's just like it's an unlock key but the, no one's buying amiibo just uh, for the data yeah. no there's <laughs> figure yeah that, right that, that is an extra bonus but that but there it's a polar opposite the e-reader actually had that that on the card and then with power-ups it was it was it was really cool it was being able to you know the idea of just oh i need a, a fire flower now and you switch you know swipe the card and boom here's a fire flower that's really cool um it was really advanced and i think what's really interesting we talk about level design how how good a level is when you know 20 years later or whatever it was or 15 years later you can introduce other mario game mechanics like capes that we were talking about into an older game and if they still work great and they and they all make sense and they don't it's amazing. It's, it's it's astonishing how good the level design is in Mario three. Yeah, I never appreciated it as much as I did this playthrough because like I when I did play, I try I played the first two times I beat this game. I played every single level. The third time I beat this game, I skipped one or two. So I just didn't feel like dealing with them. But, I mean, I was safe stage, but still, I just was like, I just wanted to experience everything this game had to offer for the first time because I never really have. And I wanted to bring that experience to this podcast and like the level level design is so good and, and it's unique and there's so many different things and there's so many things that are like one off, like the random Goombas and green boots for one uh, level. Uh, that was Kariba's shoe. Like, I mean, yes. there's just little things that they do here that never show up again, that never show up anywhere else in this game. And it, and I, it was very interesting how they did that. Like, I always thought the, the stupid big fish is only in one or one level. Big He's Bertha. in multiple levels. That never. was Big Bertha. Big Bertha. Bertha. Big Bertha got adapted into the 1993 Mario movie as a giant big woman with big tits. Oh, I, know you're <laughs> I did not realize that was supposed to. Okay. Yeah, that's where the yep. Big Bertha name came from the fish yeah oh, i did not know that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i learned something new and i think one of the big the big successes of the of the levels is and this is something you know you look at old platformers from the nes era and even any era and you think i always thought mario does this so well just reverse engineer what they do the template's there it's all there why are you all failing at this epically when because it's all there yeah look at, look at mario maker that's your answer. There you go. No, you're right. You're right. And it's all level design. It's not so much it controls the level design around it. The the beauty of the level design is, and I think you alluded to it, Barry, is that everything is earned. Every victory is earned. Every failure is earned because the game gives you just enough information to make the right move at the right time. There's no gotchas. There's no invisible pits. You have to be quick. You have to be agile and you have to you have to be able to traverse it. And so you have to have skill, like the skill is required to get through the levels. There's no fakies and there's some stuff that feels like it. But when you play it as much as I have, you start to realize, (laughs) wait, no, I had an opportunity the first time around. I just didn't see it because I wasn't good enough yet to to beat it. And that's the difference between, again, a game that has invisible pits and gotcha spikes and all those different mechanics that just feel frustrating because, you know, your brain knows there's no chance you would have known that without memorization. You don't need to memorize a Mario level. And that's just a home. You just got to be good at it. And if yeah. you have the reaction time, you're focused and paying attention. Every game upon first playthrough is beatable. It's just that you, it's unlikely you will because you just you're still learning the skills required. It's yeah. ah, just triumphs. 
it is still so good. Like I, I, I've said this before in the show. I'm not a big fan of NES because I didn't have it growing up, so I don't have the nostalgic for it. But like playing this game, everything still feels so good and so tight, and like the controls, every. I mean, and I was just, I was little, little blown away. I mean, yeah, I know Mario Three is a great game, and I've played it before, but how much fun I had with it! I never play a game three different times like that for this podcast, never. And I, I just wanted to experience everything I could for this game because I probably won't play it again anytime soon. So I was like. And I mean, that's just a testament to how much fun I was having with an NES game from, you know, (laughs) all these years ago, still held up perfectly in 2023. 33 years. But another thing you, you you know, you mentioned about the tools, they up the ante when you look at what Mario one had with the staples, Super Mario, you know, Super Mushroom, the the Fire Flower and the Starman and and Mario two obviously had very, very different mechanics. So in Mario 3, they focused obviously on, on the leaf and the raccoon Mario, but then you had so many others that were like a joy to find, the hum- Hammer Brothers suit, the Frog suit, the Tanuki suit, you know, even Karibo's shoe in one level. Uh, I loved that, that they upped the ante and they let you take power-ups to new levels and then store them. Even the P-Wing, when, you, when you're having problems with a level, like you can skip this level as long as you beat the next one. <laughs> Don't <Yeah>. die. <laughs> right. <laughs> And also, uh, yeah, the the variety of items too. The the cloud that allows you to skip. That's the wow. one that the big one where you better. Oh yeah, be, cloud is the skip, yeah. Right. P- cloud is the one to fly. Yeah, cloud is the one that if you don't beat the next one, you go right back to right the. Back. And then you're like, oh no, now I'm doomed. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk about how I get through World Eight, but one of them is skipping the fortress. Cause the fortress in World Eight is that is what a, I is did a my, nightmare. My I skipped it. I, I didn't want to do. I've done it before. I got my gamer cred. I don't need to. I've beaten every level in this game at some point. It was it was twelve thirty at night. I was like, ah, it's a little past my bedtime now. Just a scooch. So I'm like, ah, I I, I want to be fresh for Father's Day. Yeah, I just you know it's great, and all those little extra items add so much flavor. And even if you don't use them, they're neat to have. One of the ones I think is the most unique uh, at through as you're going through the levels, and this is obviously in the newer games they still do this, but there are little mini enemies scattered throughout the main the main board the main grid and uh in this game of course is hammer brothers and you can use the music box to put the hammer brothers to sleep so you can just walk right by them so if you're getting if you're having a hard time against a hammer brother you can just use the music box and it lulls them to sleep and it plays a different tune on the on the overworld map really neat the hammers that you use to break the blocks you need that for the third warp whistle in the level two just all these little things that are just optional but they they were intentional enough to include them. And that's one of the big successes of Mario Mario 3 that I will admit is better than Mario World is that you have all those all of those wonderful little uh hidden items that are just really good really they feel good to find them in in well, the world. I think what Mario 3 did first was I mean they did the the overworld, right? Yes. They never had that before mm-hmm. and they they could have just made it a linear path and some mario games you know more recent ones have just done a linear path uh here it is here it is you know it's artificial almost fake o- overworld but then you have other ones like 3d uh 3d world for example has like a real overworld you can run around in but mario 3 started that and it, they they did go above and beyond they did have those elements like the hammer brothers they had the breakable blocks for completely hidden sides of the map that you wouldn't normally see. They had pipes on the map to go to different places and little boats. And, uh, you know, they really made each world feel alive. Not like you were just going through world, you know, 2 1, 2 2, 2 3, whatever. You're really exploring this land. This land is part of, you know, this, the Mushroom Kingdom. 
And when you get to the king and you rescue the king, it's not just you're a placeholder. It's, you know, I just experienced the land you rule over. And yep. I understand, like, it makes it so much more live. And then this was a time when we had, like, the Mario Super Show and obviously the Mario 3 cartoon afterwards. And we, as kids, you know, we were experiencing Mario as a living world. It was, it, it transcended. We had the comics, we had the Choose Your Own Adventure books, you know. It transcended video games at this point, the character. So to to see that brought back into the games was awesome. At least as a yeah. kid, you know, just to see that it was mind blowing. It was, oh my God, this is something else. And this came out a, a year before Mario World in, in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, You're right. Uh, that's like yep. so wild that you have two of the greatest Mario games back to back that quickly. It's wild. <laughs> you, would, you wouldn't see that today. People would say, oh, Nintendo, you're just milking it. But back then, it was two different systems, and and we we couldn't get enough. It was you know, it was the it was the ultimate embarrassment of riches. Like it really was. What a time to be alive, as yeah. they say. But it's uh, another really cool aspect of it. And Mike, I feel like Barry and I are just dominating your show oh, now. And I, I I don't want you. I, I mean, I just again, I grew up with this thing, so I apologize. No, no, you're you, fine. You invited you me. You invited me, sir. Well, I know on I purpose. <laughs> Uh, How many so, people can say they have a podcast about or a whole episode about the wizard? Not many. So an entire <laughs> thirty minutes. And honestly, I'm still very proud of you, even though it's our first one. It's a little rough, a little rough and well, ready. I completely understand how that goes. Oof. I actually have considered re-recording my my parts of it because boy, oh boy, <laughs> I've been podcasting <laughs> since 2004 or five, and I was still a little rough and ready on that first episode. I'm like, I should like. Re- but nah, it's fine. I'm not going to do that. No, anyway, it's, part of, it's a time cast. It's part of the history of it. But it's just the most downloaded one. It's because it's the first one. Everyone wants to start at the beginning. And I'm like, don't start there. Start at like episode they seven. They started and stopped at the same episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's totally. very true. Exactly. They started and stopped. Oh, this guy's stammering through the thing he recorded. He could just do that again. It's like, yes, I could. I could do it now. But no, my most downloaded episode is Mandalorian season one, two. How random is that? That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so it's that's <laughs> real funny. Anyway, so another big success of this was there were the bonus mushroom houses throughout the world as well. And they would use levels to gate those. So the reward for getting through a level that you didn't really need to was getting those getting some of those item item places. Was anybody good at the at the slot machine game? I played it last <laughs> night. I did every single dumb one. I never got a one up from them. I am miserable. I'm just one. Am I the only one who's miserable at that? I was able to do it as a kid all the time. Like I, I was terrible. As an adult, I'm I'm worse. I I'm got terrible. a few just, but I just hit the button really quick because I didn't care because I didn't need the life. So I was cheating. But I did remember when I was a kid because I'd seen people play this game. There were people who had it down who could do it. Like there's timing to it. But oh, there I've is. Never been good at it or never cared enough. Here's a fun fact about Mario too. I know we're not talking about Mario too, but that's fine. And I mentioned this on the Mario 2 episode, which I was on with CJ. The the slot machine in Mario 2 is not random. You can figure out the timing. I can consistently get three ups and five ups in Mario 2 slot machine. It is a very specific timing of that wheel. It is not a random wheel. It's not a random pull. I'm assuming so, this isn't random either. Like it's not. Well, no, no. Yeah, there's there's, there's definitely a technique to it. Yes, there's this timing to it. I just can never figure it out. Like I know with with, with the card mini game, you I mean they have different sets. I mean the stuff is because I played it enough, and I'm like, yeah, these are in the same place. So. There's eight different sets 
available. Okay. And if you had the Mario 3 Nintendo Power Guide, which came free, by the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a free thing that they just showed up at your door. Mario 3, Final Fantasy, and I can't remember the other two. There was four of them that just showed up at your door. They were the original Red Border Nintendo Power I think Ninja Gaiden 2 was one of them, I want to say. Anyway. Yeah, and Castlevania, I think, was the other cool. Yeah, and they just showed up at your door, and it had the eight possible grids that were available to you on the card mm-hmm. game. And even started, the, That's how I bottom. cheated on it. Like, well, yeah, cheated, same, same. That. And the only, and another cool thing about Mario 3, we're, again, we're preaching to the choir here, but there are, all, there are four levels of saved items you can have. You can't save indefinitely. Like I didn't know that. And if I you, found that out by the hard way because I was doing all those. And I'm collecting. All, I'm saving all the items because it's me. And I'm like, wait a second, stuff isn't is replacing stuff. Yeah, so, it always replaces the last item in your inventory. So, so I started so, using items I didn't care about. Yeah, same. because yeah, just use a music box. Whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever. just to get rid of it, get it out of my inventory. Exactly. I, yeah, I also I don't like the cloud because I was trying to beat every level, so I didn't like the cloud. P wing is great for a couple. Of, I, I I always use my P wings in the in World Eight. Just to skip stuff. So, yep, 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 yep. So it's again all these cool things again that were very revolutionary for the time. And uh, yeah, the items are great. The enemies are great. They're varied. I always loved the little flying Goomba guys who throw down the little baby Goombas. Mm-hmm. That I guess they were like <laughs> little pregnant Goombas that would just float or float around, and then have their Goomba babies that would slow you down and limit your jump, which is brutal. In a game that requires you to jump, which is your primary verb, is how jump. do you get those things off? You just keep jumping. You just keep oh. jumping. You have to literally shake them off. Okay, just I just died. You just or or just die. That's or reloaded. Me. But okay, <laughs> say yeah. I was curious how they're supposed to get them off. And I tried jumping, and they didn't come off. And I'm like, this is weird because like you can't jump, so you're dead pretty much. Another big impetus for beating all the levels. Again, this game is really good at rewarding you for succeeding. Is in the castles, uh, you go up to an airship and you have to traverse an airship. That's usually an it's always an auto scrolling airship, and then take out the boss. But and the bosses in Mario Three, by the way, are simplistic, except for the one with Iggy. I think is throwing the balls in the air. That's World that one's eight, a, or World Seven. That's World Seven. He's a pain in the ass. But yeah. other than that, they're really straightforward. I don't think Mario does bosses very well. As a, as a whole, but it's not this. It's not the feet, the star of the show. Our bosses. It's level design. But anyway, it's the if you fail, the airship flies off, tries to evade yep. you, and if it flies to an area where you haven't beaten a level, you now have to beat that level in order to get to the airship, which so is really cool. which is very cool. Which it behooves you then to beat all the levels. And there's a risk reward if like if it's World Six and I skip a couple of levels because you can. I better. Get that get that airship taken out before it goes to an area that I can't get yet. Very I very I did cool that because I mean I remember seeing that as a kid when I played this game and I would fail because you know obviously that thing is freaking hard. So like, but I've completely forgot about that. Again, that that's that. part of that map feeling alive. Like, yeah, you know, it's always like a video game trope and it's always funny where it's like you know why did the villain leave like all these power ups for you like like you why. Why are they leaving these guns on the ground for you to pick up and, and kill them with? Like, that seems really <laughs> silly. Like, as a villain, why would they do that? And yeah. it's interesting how this this made it feel more alive. And, and even the introduction of the Koopa kids, which, you know, now the Koopalings, now they're no longer his kids because it's about you know, the whole changing of everything. But growing up, they were his kids. <laughs> That's they're how still his yeah. kids. I don't care. They were the eight kids of, uh, of Bowser. So, and they, oh, were, and they were always, it, was, it added also a lot, of, a lot of flavor, a lot of personality. Yeah. It's uh yeah, 
it's 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 so, really again great. The funny thing about them is for for us in America, you know, if you're listening to this out of America, you might not have this experience. But for us, they were actually introduced to us in the cartoon first. And they didn't know the names of them properly because they didn't know what the American names were going to be. So they made up names. So if you ever watch the cartoon, they have completely different names. Like Wendy Koopa's like oh. Cutie Pie or something like that. Oh, really? Okay. I don't remember yeah. that, but yeah. That's yeah, that's how, that's how we got them. Like we saw them there first. So when we oh. saw them, you know, seeing them in the game after seeing the show, it's like, oh, this is so cool. That's smart. Because they have personalities, but the names are different <laughs> because of that. And then again, to see them in world again, it made it seem like they were going to stay around. And, and for those that didn't play them, Mike, you might not remember this, but Bill, I'm sure you do. They disappeared after that. And yeah. we were all like, where are they? Where are they? What's going to happen? You know, and we've clamored for them to come back. And they finally made, do you remember what game they finally came back in? Is it Mario Kart? No. Oh, no. Do you I remember, do Bill? I don't. They came back in Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, and they were like, oh. like in a dungeon kind of areas, and it was kind of like made fun of that they were there, and you fought them, and that was their first appearance back, and it was almost like thrown in as tongue in cheek, like, oh yeah, here they are, uh, and then of course now they're they're back in the mainstay, and now some people are like, oh, can we can we move away from them again? <laughs> <laughs> I liked them a lot, but again, it's nostalgic from Super Mario World, and then playing this off and on. So yeah, I like them too. I haven't played Superstar Saga yet. I know I need to remedy that one day. That's on NSO as well. I need to do that one day. <laughs> it's I've on never, my list. I've never played it myself either. Oh, so, so good. I'll have to check it out. But yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's just great. So what what I would say is what's your favorite world in Mario 3 and what's your least favorite? And I think we all have probably the same least favorite, because that's the one thing where the difficulty just spikes. It boy oh boy. Everyone loves World Seven. What are you talking about? World seven is just a dream pipe it's, world. Oh I Man. never I don't think I've ever really played it before because none of all of that was brand new to me. So I I'm always skipped sure it I as a kid, I, but I, I I have, again, have done runs in the past. I did it this time around. I beat World 7, legitly. I do, again, rewind for one small section just because, again, it was getting late. But uh, other than that, I beat it legitly. And what I, yeah. I was going to say, what I want to know, Mike, is did you actually never play it before or do you just have repressed memories of playing it? You know, I, my <laughs> guess is that I didn't actually play it because I, I had other. I was an RPG gamer in yep. Super Nintendo era, like Chrono Trigger, FF6, you know, great games. And I and I sucked at platformers, and I used Game Genie for everything. And probably the Game Genie codes weren't the you know there was no Game Genie code to you know reset when you fall down a hole. So I probably never got to World Seven. Um, I probably just warp whistled to eight here and there. Is yeah. my guess. Yeah, the the spike just the spike from six to seven is really pretty sharp. And even though and six is pretty sharp from five yeah. to six is sharp too because sliding in Mario nice. games is never fun. I know I. I did the tower that takes you up to the clouds. I, I had very vivid memories of doing that, but I don't know if I even played much of world. Is that world six? That's world five. 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 Okay. I did five. Six I'm assuming sites. I've done some of six, but I don't, I couldn't, I can't tell you for sure from back then. It's yeah. been so long. And yeah. again, this was not one of my favorite games. I mean, I, I, I was, a, I played more Super Mario world and Super Mario. I played a lot of Super Mario world too. I played less of this. Yeah, I think for me, my favorite world it was World Two, and I think I think World One is classic. I think one World One is just it's it's comfort food. It's you know that that yeah. bowl of macaroni and cheese on a rainy day. But for me, World Two because we skipped so much as a kids. You know, once you beat World One, you uh, World Two, you start used a warp whistle, and then you use another warp whistle when you went to eight. That happened so frequently for for us that when we actually got to say let's play some World Two, it was it was like a treat. 
it was like, oh, so it became this like special level, even though it's filled with like the angry sun and and those damn pyramids, those blocks that are really enemies that jump around and get mm. you. Um, I just do something about it. I just really have this, and it's probably nostalgia. It might not be the best over, but for me, it was just like, oh, I'm doing World Two. We're actually gonna keep playing. Like, oh, this is this is gonna be fun because I was always playing at friends' houses. So I was like, oh yeah, sure. And when I finally got it, of course, I I went through World right. Two, and I was like, oh, now I can play World Two whenever I want. Ha! Screw you. <laughs> the the sun the sun is probably the scariest enemy in Mario Three because yeah, it's fair. angry and it's just and it's just it just seeks you out, unlike yep. anything does. Relentless. It's, the only, it's relentless. Now you can kill it. You can hit it with yes. a shell. You, you can you can you can literally kill the sun. To which my wife last night she was watching me play. She's like, "You just ruined the world. Like you just, <laughs> just, you, just you just destroy the world. You killed the sun." I kind of uh, wanted the the screen to go darker, like make it like oh, a nighttime. How cool would that have been? Yeah, that'd be really fun. Yeah, have fun with that being. I would also that just couldn't handle that. Probably, I, that's it's. It also would have really change the dynamics probably of the game but it's interesting because also that level introduces again for the only time in the entire game is the tornado yeah hit that initial tornado at just the right angle you soar through a good third of that level now you can't evade the sun because it is the sun but it's i it, sun is to mario 3 as phanto is to mario 2 if i'm to use yes a hundred percent Anything that pursues you is is pretty scary in a Mario game because nothing else does. Nothing else really tracks you. Some things do. I mean, Phanto gives me nightmares from a kid. I hate. <laughs> I, I forget what podcast it was. It was uh, one of the shows I listened to. One of the hosts has like a little Phanto wall decoration, and it's right above his keys. That's hanging oh, up the wall. That's brilliant. <laughs> it really oh, is. I would do that. That is yes, brilliant. It is brilliant. Uh, it's one of those like, oh man. Uh, anyway, so it's once one of the few things that pursue you. There's a couple of that do as well, and they're always annoying. Like those little orbs that spit fire in World Five. I think World Five might be my favorite because a it has two distinct sections, and it feels like you're traversing going from the ground to the sky is a great feeling. It is, and anything that allows me to go vertically in the game. This comes from my Mario Two love. I'm always a fan of. I like the vertical auto scrolling levels because I think it requires precision but again they give you enough information where you don't feel like uh you're being tricked and uh yes i think those are probably it's probably my favorite i love world eight world eight is just so varied and fun you really feel like you're assaulting a castle because you're just taking on models of tanks and ships world eight is probably my second least favorite level just because of the difficulty and the the trauma as a kid however i 100 (laughs) percent agree with you it really felt like you were you were going in solo against an army. Yeah, I still cheat my way through. Like, I cheat my way through the airships. You can cheat your throw, way through I, all of them. Yeah, I, I still cheat my way through the airships. He's a P-Wing. I still swim under the boats. Yeah. I couldn't get Armada. that to work, except it's in the GTA tricky. version, when I had the frog suit. Without the frog suit, I couldn't get it to work. Oh, you can get it without it. It's it just, you have thought, to know but... the, the timing. Yeah, I, I was able to do it. But again, I've done these levels legitimately. Last night it was past midnight, and I was like, ah, just get some, oh, hey. let's get let's get through them the old school. Finishing way, the game, however exactly you finish a game, is fine by me. You know me. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I went through seven one and seven two legitimately. Um, they're a pain. There's one. Oh, in seven pre- one. <laughs> seven one's a pain. Seven There's that one, one section right. in seven one where you have to leap from a bullet over to a to a flying Koopa. Uh, onto a pipe and it's really tricky like it's it's no i'm sorry it's a it's a uh, note block you know a 
one of the I, I call them no blocks. I, call, I call them call them marshmallow blocks because they look like <laughs> marshmallow. That's fair. The little marshmallow blocks I you have them. to go in the air and then go on a, a bullet bill to get to a pipe. Freaking tricky. Yeah, bullet bill. I mean, I I played enough Mario at this point that like, well, with safe states, I was able to pull it off. But it's like, I mean, I've seen what people do where they just jump from thing to thing to thing to thing and just. Like, yeah, like there's one level I've never played before in this game, which I finally did for the first time, which is the one with the little the only level with the little red guy, the little red shell guys that you that are flying that you jump on for the whole level. They oh, are a pain they, too. That's tough. Yeah. Never did it when I was a kid. I always skipped it. Now I know why. I'm like, I would not have gotten to that without safe states. So those type of levels come back too in, in many other games later yep. on. I played somewhere. I'm I'm I think one of the e reader levels is like that too. Yeah, they had some really that had some really cha- challenging stuff, but it was very cool. And that level is a fantastic example of the kinesthetics of Mario 3 2, which is another thing Mario games do very well. Everything has a weight and feels good mm-hmm. to throw and hit and stomp, which again is a magic alchemy. I don't know how they do it. I don't know. I, I, could, I could stare at this game for hours and I cannot tell you how they make everything have a weight and a feel. But again, it goes Wait, back Justin? to that control. It's, I, I guess. Testing. I mean, obviously. But I mean, it's. <laughs> I don't. I want to know the science or the magic, the magic powder they use to make this happen. It's a great example because when you jump on those little beetles, they sink down a bit yeah. and they float up. It's so good. What a beautiful touch. What a yeah. wonderful touch. To go, to go back on what you're saying, like with the tank levels, I mean, I, as a kid, I remember seeing those and I thought that was so impressive. I don't. I never saw as a kid the, uh, the actual levels in World 8. No one I knew ever got that far when I was watching them. <laughs> Yeah, there are actual levels in World 8. <laughs> it wasn't until yep. way later that I realized, oh, wait, there's levels. Like, I actually, it wasn't, I was an adult at some point watching a speed run when I first saw the sun in World 8. And I was yep. like, what? The sun is in this? Chasing after you again? Like, I was baffled by that. When I, when I, every time I played that level, the three times I beat this game, I use a P-Wing on that level and skip that level because fucking A, do you, I cannot do the jump with the music blocks and the sun chasing me. I just could not. So I just cheated every time and just skip it and fly over everything. I remember every time we reached those levels, it was kind of like, we're safe. Like, we could do these levels. Like, the hard part's over. <laughs> Let's go. Like, we always found those so much easier than the tank. Than the- I I yeah. like the tank stuff. But again, I was cheating with safe state, so I can't, you know, say. I'm like, talking like on the NES original. There yeah. was no safe state. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I know. But I mean, like, so I can't, I can't, you know, speak to how. But I, I just, they're just so cool looking. But I can see how hard they can be because there's, there's shit being shot at you all the time all bullets the time. and wrenches and every it's, everything's happening to you yeah so it's I like guess. sensory overload but it it's not too much it's not like those levels in mario maker where they have like a hundred things firing at you like three bowsers and and multiple you know piranha plants shooting fire and bullet bills going to galore that sounds and, ridiculous and, and like like the the fire bars spinning around and like get through this gauntlet it's like not like that it's yeah. completely doable it's not too much but it's believable it's like, yep. oh, yeah, I, I believe I'm really on an assault vehicle that is trying yeah. to kill me and I am trying to kill it. Yeah, it's it's you really do feel like you're assault. You're on an assault. And it's it's so satisfying. I love all those levels. The airships have really pain in the ass. Those little ships require such precise platforming. Yeah, and you get those ridiculous moles that throw wrenches, mm-hmm. these little dinky wrenches. He's a plumber. How? How is a wrench defeating? <laughs> our have favorite you plumber? have you? You know what? I mean, he clearly didn't play dodgeball enough. Okay, clearly not. You dodge a wrench. Dodge Although ball. fair, fair. If you got hit in the head with a steel <laughs> with a steel wrench, you're going to go down. You're going to go down. That's pretty fair, I guess. I don't know. I just think a plumber would be able to like just magically snatch those out of the air and fling them De- back. But 
I'm know, just, I'm I don't. I want you to call your local plumber and say, if I stood <laughs> six feet away from you and throw this wrench as hard as I can at you, can you grab it out of hand because you're a plumber and you're magical, right? <laughs> See what he says or she says. I find any sort of home repair. I find any sort of home repair literally magic. I just I don't understand. Like, how are you people doing these things? It's literally alchemy and magic to me. But anyway, <laughs> I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Anyway, but it's uh, it's yeah, it's. There's so many great grace notes. And again, we can go on and on and on about it. Just it's just so many grace notes that are just really beautiful in Mario 3. And again, Mario games almost across the board, if they're traditional platforming, Galaxy, any of them really, they all have those hallmarks that they just have this beautiful feel to it that uh it really makes them sing. Not to be I cheesy also, about it. To go back in your earlier thing, I really love the overworld map in this. I think that's one thing that's always attracted me when it comes to Mario games. Like I love an overworld map for some reason. It's, I don't have a good answer. Pleasant. But. It's just yeah. it's just like comfort food again. It's like that. Oh, this I'm I'm in for a good experience. They took the extra time to create this, the the polish, the love. Uh, another, I've always enjoyed it. This game did something that many other Mario games didn't, and it was the first really to do so. Is it made Bowser terrifying? Like Mario One, even when you were fighting the real Bowser, like you can get under him, you can kill him with fireballs, you know, and all you had to do was hit the axe. Like it was no big deal, you know. And if if you had you know, at least Super Mario, you could just literally run through him. Like, you just get hit and you just run right past and boom, axe, kill him. Um, no big deal. And he wasn't in Mario 2, at least not the American version. And in the cartoon, <laughs> he was kind of like a goofy, you know, goofy villain of the week. Uh, he wasn't really threatening. And in this game, you couldn't do any of that. He was completely immortal. The only way to kill him is to make him kill himself. And I thought that was so brilliant. Even Mario World... You you know you throw things at him and stuff. He was he didn't have that same level of terror as in this game, I think, because you can't you can't touch him. Like he's gonna get you, and you can accidentally screw yourself over and and you know kill yourself or put yourself in a bad spot. And I loved that. I loved the fact that he was so menacing that the only way to stop him was like Super Shredder in in Turtle <laughs> Two, like get him to kill himself. Like he's he's just untouchable. You can't touch him. You can't hurt him. He. The, I thought that was so well done. Yeah. The only the only thing I have a slightly different take on the final boss. I I don't love it. Love it because I think it requires you to develop a skill that you don't really have yet. The whole point of Mario has always been attacking, and I think it's about as close to a gotcha as you get. You've learned real fast, oh, I can't stomp on Bowser because he's Bowser. Yeah. But that's your yeah. first inclination is hit yeah. it on the head because that's what you do. And I think after a while you realize what the mechanic – but I think it takes a while to figure out. And I think the it really forces you to evade when a game is really about, A, going fast, and B – using your environment to traverse. And I, I think it just forces you to develop a skill set you quite haven't developed yet. But you I are offer. using your environment. That's you are, you are. And that's true. And it's it's just in a different context, contextualization. And once you figure it out, it is rather fun to make this thing fall through the cracks. It's, it's a very unique and interesting way of doing a boss. I just, I just always feel like bosses should be final exams. And as a final exam, it should try to test you on everything you've learned. And it doesn't do that successfully, which Mario games tend to not do. But again, as, a, as an idea, it's very clever. It's very, um, it's smart. And it's very empowering when he falls through that bridge. It feels great. I, that, that sense of, that idea of you tricked the game as opposed to defeated it is really satisfying. But it's the only well, real time in this game where you, you kind of have to trick it. And 
it's again, it's, it just doesn't sing for me as it does thing for other people. But it's not bad. I wouldn't. See, I love the fact that your initial instinct is I'm going to jump on him because that's what you do with all the other bosses, and right. it fails because this isn't just any other boss. This yeah. is Bowser. Yeah. Like that's not supposed to work. You know? It, it, could you could you imagine like like how many superhero movies or, or comics or games <laughs> where it's like there's the like the big bad and it's like oh i'm just gonna go punch him and be normal and then defeat him like any other thing like you want them to be superhuman you want them to be larger than life you want them to feel like a threat because otherwise if there's no threat there's no stakes and if there's no stakes why do you care it's like yeah, when people care about plot armor and it's like, well, yeah, well, this character's clearly safe because this is a prequel, and I know they're going to be in the next one. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're in this dangerous car chase. I wonder if they're going to survive. Like, of course right. they're going to survive. There's no, there's less of a stakes. And I think Bowser, especially after the overuse of him in, in Mario 1, because, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. granted, it was, oh, it was something else. Like, he was in every, every boss. It was the same boss over and over. And it was like, oh, yeah, Bowser's not, not a big deal. So to bring a, first off, you're you're talking the infancy of the series, so you're bringing this character back. I mean, even Zelda talking about the differences. Zelda two didn't bring Ganon back. I mean, unless you died, he came back. Right. But it was you know Shadow Link. It was a different boss. They were trying different things. And Wart obviously in Mario two is different. So to bring a character back, a, a villain back, and obviously he's now the recurring villain. But we didn't know that then. We weren't sure. We didn't know where this was going. We didn't know there'd be a billion Mario games. So. To, to have him come back, he had to come back bigger and larger and, and stronger. Yeah. And I think they did that. I think they did that. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, I it's, like it's, a ter- it's a terrifying fight. And again, I don't think it's bad. I just, for me, as like a, I guess it's more personal preference probably than anything else. I, I just, again, not to reiterate, I, I do, I just appreciate when when you're tested on all your skills as opposed to something you haven't quite mastered World yet. eight is your test of all your skills. <laughs> oh yes, that's true. That's it. No, you're you 180 percent correct on that. A fair sure. point, Bill. Like it's just so unique and it doesn't fit the way that you feel like a Mario game should be, you know, for a final boss. So I, I get that. I like to fight because I also never saw the fight until either it was super replay and I watched the last episode when they beat it, or it was a random YouTube video where I first saw the Bowser fight in Mario Brothers 3. I never saw it as a kid because no one ever got there. No, I totally, I yeah, I totally get that. And yeah, not to come, you know, harp on the on the final fight, but it's again, it is successful. I think again, other games, I like for example, I really love in the most recent. I what's it, I didn't title these things stupidly. Mario Deluxe Wii U Switch. New, new I, Super Mario U Deluxe. Yes, the one on the <laughs> Switch. The, the, Which, that one. I love the. I I just can't. So the the uh, the Bowser in that level is wonderful because you had that little cheesy hit the you know it's the basic one from the original Mario Brothers and then of course he gets gigantic and again but that one's like great because you test every little thing you've learned. Um, but again, this is a very unique and it's completely disempowering because it's really that oh shit moment where you try to hit him on the head, you can't, and now your next thought is what do I do? Yeah, what do I do? What do, do I do? do? I don't what have a fire flower, so I have what do nothing. I do? And it's and that's yeah. And you don't have a fire flower. You, you can get there with the fire flower if you want, but it doesn't do anything. It's completely yeah. ineffective. And I, I will agree that it is better than a lot of the Mario tropes, or other, not just Mario, but other boss tropes, where instead of three hits, it takes six. Yeah, and you're like okay, well now it's more of an endurance test than anything else. It's definitely more successful than that because it is. It does require a different level of thinking. So yeah, it's good. And I listen. I'm not going to say it's not good. <laughs> Sure, but it's also oh. unique because they haven't really done that again. Nope. No, right? 
You're right. That is unique. And it's, it is a testament to how unique it is. I wish the ending was a little longer. Damn it. I went through a lot. This shows me the worlds I was in. Like, Hey, this is what you did. And then the curtain closes. I also well, like how, when you see Peach, he says, this is not the princess. The princess you're looking yeah, for is cute. another castle. Cute. Yeah, just yeah, kidding. Very, I did just like kidding. that. Well, there's another laugh. factor to this too. And, and, and the, one of the reasons I think the Bowser fight is so different is that there's the whole theory is that the whole game is a, is a stage performance. Mm-hmm. The That's whole thing is a play. Point. So yeah. as a play, they can, oh, we're breaking down the set. No, I fall through the trap door. I'm being defeated. That's um, an excellent point. That's really cool. Huh? I never thought of it that way. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, I, can, I can buy that theory that this is a play just because of the, this is different than every other Mario game, too. Well, the stage, the curtain opens when the start of the game and when you beat it, the curtain closes. Yeah, which I never saw before <laughs> so, until this week. That's really cool. Ah, uh, Mario 3. It is oh, and uh, to go back yeah. and you. I never said my favorite world. So I, I wanted oh, to say I No, you're fine. I just didn't. I was waiting for it. Uh, I really like world three for some reason. I don't have a good read. I don't have a good answer to that, to that, but I really like world three. The water one. Waterland. I don't know why, but I it's, really like it. I I've, I've had discussed water levels before. Water levels for me, they're not. I don't think they're as bad as I think their reputation suggests, but I, I understand the point The what water levels don't do well is that when it trades a verb and doesn't give you one in return, that I think is a frustrating thing. So if it's if a water level is just, oh, I'm slower and I can't jump as high yeah. or whatever it happens to be. Or like in modern games, water levels stink because it forces you to have a new control scheme that you're not used to. Oh. I, I don't like any water levels in modern games. I finished Horizon <laughs> Forbidden West recently mm-hmm. and I, I, I couldn't stand going underwater in that game. And that game forces you to do it. Like yes. You have to progress. And I, I just loathe any of those levels where you have I to normally normally do. But for some reason in Mario three, I really like it. I think that's where young Mike would stop a lot at. So I think that's one reason. Because it's an, it's an, the reason that it's OK in Mario three is because it's a new way of traversal. You yeah, have to learn it. Terrible. But it, it, instead of going because a lot of Mario games, they're designed for you to jump fast through them. It's it's not like Sonic where and I don't love Sonic games. People throw things at me for that. But yeah. because I feel like you, the whole goal is to go fast, and then you just just lots of gotchas in Mario in Sonic yeah. games where you just go fast and you hit spikes and you're like, oh crap! I'm supposed to know that instantly, and then it forces you to go slow, and going slow stinks in in uh-huh. Sonic. It's not fun. It does and not control well. It doesn't control well when you're going slow. So I just never like Sonic games. And in Mario, what's cool about the water levels is you have a lot more vertical and horizontal fine-tune control you can be a little more precise with the skill and it offers a new kind of challenge but it gives you the tools to deal with it in an intuitive way so i like i don't mind the water levels and then of course if you get the frog suit that's just mm-hmm. it's wonderful and such a nice reward the frog suit and then you and the get hit level. and you're like oh my god no oh i had a couple of <laughs> where i'm like oh at the frog suit i'm gonna go fast Boom, gone. I'm like, you stink. And then I remember, oh, okay, you have to stay still. The whole point is you can just stay still without hitting the button. But it's, uh, yeah, water levels in Mario in Mario 3 are, are fine. And I, I don't have a huge problem with them. And again, unlike, again, like Mega Man does water levels well. Yes, you're slower yes. back and forth, but you can jump higher. So jump they've higher. traded a mechanic. So you get something, even though you've given up, where a lot of water levels, they just, you just, they take and you don't get anything in return, which sucks. It's just I've, remove something fun. And the frog suit's only good in the water levels. Oh yeah, it sucks outside. Oh, and before I watched speedruns, I never even knew the hammer suit was even in this game. 
Oh, mm. yeah. That's, that's awesome. I never saw it as a kid. No one had played. I ever saw anybody ever get. I knew the Tanuki suit, but the hammer suit was completely just did not know it existed. Yeah, so. it's 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 a really. Uh, yeah, it's the hammer suit is pretty fun. Those are always really cool because you play the game so carefully. And again, you get these really neat bonuses like Tanuki suit. You can turn into the statue temporarily and you're invincible. The hammer brothers, if you duck down, you can block fireballs, which is super helpful in in like plant world where you have all these plants spitting at you. Uh, and again, the the fun of throwing hammers. Again, they have they build these mechanics for these little known things, like the 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 way that momentum allows you to throw hammers farther. If you just if you're oh. standing still and throw a hammer, it I just goes in that. the air. If you're running at a certain speed, it flings it farther. So if you learn how to do it, you can really lay waste to a lot of these enemies if you learn get the skills to use Hammer Brothers well. But they built this entire set of mechanics for a thing you may use once or twice. I also and think you only have access to once or twice. When it comes to like the the Hammer Brothers suit, you can kill Bowser faster with the Hammer Brothers suit than you can anything yes, else. You can I, you can kill with fireballs, which I didn't know either until speedrunners. You can. Do it. Oh wow, I didn't. I've, I've been. I yeah, they, speedrunners just tap really fast and hit them with fireballs, and I guess the Hammer suit, if you can keep it that long, will kill him faster. Just yeah, I had no idea because it's more powerful than a fireball. There, there is one other thing that I think we're all glossing over, and it's revolutionary that that this game did. And as a kid, it, it was mind blowing and a testament. And it was, it was just something so fantastical that I, I couldn't believe even existed. And this game was the first Mario game to really, really do this. The ability to go left. Hmm. Good point. <laughs> Mario, Mario One. Okay. You were stuck. You went to the right, and you you could not move the screen back. And Mario Three was the first one, really, that you could. Oh wait, I have to. I can go backwards. I didn't just miss this. I didn't screw this up. I because you had to to you know fly with the. You had to build up your momentum, and that was monumentum at the time. Like it was. It was huge. It was a what we we could actually do this now. <laughs> I think Mario Mario Two. You could go back. But Mario 2 is a different style game. You're right. No, no, no. No, you're right. That's fair. Mario no, no. It's more like the successor. Traditional. In that sense, the traditional yeah, you're 100% Mario. right. Yeah, you're no 100%. Yeah, I, I was just trying to remember, like, can you do that in Mario 2? But yeah, no, you're right in that traditional Mario sequel, because it is the real sequel to Mario 1 as far as style and, and play goes. Yeah. No, you're right. It's it's really cool. Yeah. And actually, in some of those uh, e-reader levels, it forces you to go left right away. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, God, what am I doing? Why am I going left? This is very strange and odd. Yeah. Uh, and, and what's funny is when they took something like that, you know, being able to go left. And they I think it was DKC that did it first, really, mm-hmm. where they actually rewarded you for going left first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Ever mm-hmm. since then, like, I can't play a platformer without push going left first. Oh, how funny. Just, I could just see like my kid one day asking, like, why do you go left? Like, you'll, you'll understand one day. The one time there's going to be a secret to the left, you'll never to not try that in any platform <laughs> in Donkey Kong Country you always climb that first mound of whatever it is just to see if there's a barrel at the yep. very top my son I don't say famously but he was very proud of this beat Mario I'm oh, sorry uh, beat Donkey Kong Country about I think it's about nine months he should ago. be proud yeah he's, he was he's six he used better a lot than me and I'm 35 so he used a lot of rewind props. towards the end a lot of rewind but he loves platformers and he had he learned that pretty quick too to get to that barrel you gotta go up and Go to the yeah. left. So yeah, it's uh yeah. Well, I and I'll talk. We can if you ever do an episode of Donkey Kong Country, you I probably have. don't want me on because I have, so that oh you have <laughs> yeah, yeah I have one two and three. Okay, so then you don't want me on that because I don't love those games. I know you but, don't. Yeah, I know. Really <laughs> but that's a different. That's a topic for another day. I've been soundly 
soundly rebuked for that opinion I have over the years. But anyway, yeah, I, it's uh, yeah, Mario, Mario three, man. I do have a couple things that I want to talk about, like with the the GBA version, because I so I played all three. I played the three versions. The GBA version has Luigi in it. It's completely like he plays differently. He plays like the Luigi that, you know, from platformers. He has the weird jump, a little bit higher jump, I think, or just like, you know, the weird way his leggies, his leg go, his leggies. I don't know why. (laughs) That's what I thought of. I just watched him jump on his legs flapping around. But it's just I played it two players. So I could. So as I beat a level, it switched off from Mario to Luigi. And it was very an interesting way to play this game. And I really had a good time playing the GBA version. And like when it comes like the e-reader levels, you can beat them as Mario and you can beat them as Luigi. And they also have coins to collect. Mm -hmm. They also even have the poison mushroom in a couple of levels of the e-reader stuff, too. Which is really cool because that's never in this game otherwise. There's there's a lot to that, and I, I think I agree with you. Like I didn't play the the GBA version when it first came out, but with the NSO, I went and, and messed around with it. And you know, as much as I love the NES version because that's nostalgia, that's the first version I played, and and I really like the 16-bit of the All Stars. Uh, I think the the they did it bright with the the GBA version. I think that's like the definitive version of this game. So I'm glad that. Too that all three versions are actually on NSO. So you can experience the whole, all three without subscription. And, and yeah, I think the naming is, is terrible. Of course. Yeah. The naming is terrible. Super Mario Vans 4, Super Mario Brothers 3. But I mean, it makes <laughs> sense why they did it because, you know, they just wanted to keep it as a series, you know, and Mario 2 is Super Mario Advance, which has a lot of differences from Mario 2 as well. And, and I, th- I think they were smart. I think they were smart to market it because you look at, like 2004, whatever it came out, you know, 14 years after the original, how many kids were born that never got to experience Mario 3? And I think that was great. And they haven't brought it back since, like outside of those versions. They haven't redone Mario 3. They no, used they... that style in Mario Maker 1 and 2, which is great and a testament to how great that style is, but also a testament to the level designs because give people the tools with that style <laughs> and they still make terrible levels. I haven't, I've never played Mario Maker, but I've heard uh, terrible things about things that people design so oh it's such a good game uh, honestly mario maker 2 has nintendo made levels like as a whole story mode with nintendo made levels and that's fantastic that's all i would play because i don't like you know stuff designed by people i i wouldn't be interested i only want stuff designed by a developer yeah so so definitely definitely try mario maker 2 for the story mode okay so you have my interest i'll have to try it at some point but no i was just really blown away about how good the 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 gba version was i didn't think much about it but i was like this is just extremely good and it's well worth playing i will say that like it is complete it is one that i think everybody should play absolutely yeah i mean if you like mario games this is this is a i've said it a number of times on this show but if games are if games were a college this is a required course (laughs) this is required this is required for your major no matter what your major is uh, this is this is a required course. So I think yeah. we covered any any last things you guys want to say about this game before we go on to questions, comments, or memories. Nope. No, I think I'm good. Uh, yeah. Okay. Because we yeah we covered a lot and so far and again that's why I have both of you on here too because there's only so much to say about a Mario game so I needed people that <laughs> knew a lot about this game and had love for it where I'm like well it's fun I played it yeah all right first from the so I post this in a lot of groups I can't read everything I got but I will read at least a little from every group because I I forgot to post this till yesterday. <laughs> I always post this like three days ahead of time, but I completely forgot. Lost track of time. So first from the I watched the entire Orbital Super Replay group. I got from Zach Zek 
friend of the show. When I was in first grade, I used to go to a daycare after school, and my friends and I would play Super Mario Brothers 3. One of the kids had a strategy guide for all the memory card minigames. Our power-up bar was always full, which I did not know you could do until recently. From Nate McLellan, friend of the show. This is my favorite 2D Mario game. I know people think Mario World is the best, and that's okay. But, but Nintendo also thinks Mario 3 is the best. They added the Tanuki suit to other Mario games. Where's the Kate from Mario World? That's right, stuck in that one game. Checkmate, Atheist. It's in this <laughs> game, actually. So yeah, yeah I know. One. He's got a point that you can't argue the the variety of items. That's that's that is a joy in three. That's just not oh, there yeah. in four, and then in Mario World. So yeah, can't argue that point. <laughs> and from Steve Luziter, I recently ranked this at number six in our Goat Games poll. It was aided by the '80s movie The Wizard, that I will argue is the greatest hype video slash commercial in gaming history. Yep. And Super Mario Brothers three did not disappoint when it hit big, beautiful color levels, spanning enormity of environment. <laughs> Episode one of a gamer looks at 40. Mr. <laughs> That's Steve. why I mentioned that. Excellent. Episode one, my friend. And from Matt Pickleton, I always say one of the level skip power from the mini castle in world eight for the life of me. I cannot ever remember how to beat that level. That's fair. That is a very annoying level. So I completely get it. And from the super retro gamers group, I got one comment from Corey Rancourt. Prefer the all stars version. Personally, amazing game will always be one of the best games of all time. Definitely the best third installment of anything ever. That's probably very true. I agree with that. That's Uh, fair. That's fair. Link to the past. Oh, Oh, yeah. I retract that immediately. (laughs) Same. I love Link to the past. more. Super Metroid as well. Super Metroid, my second favorite Uh, game. I I don't know. For me, that's a tough one, but yeah. Coming next year on the Gamer Looks of 40, <laughs> Metroid. <laughs> now you're locked in. I am. Well, I, I figure I, this is that's my third series. <laughs> and from the Nintendo NES Supergroup, I got a few comments from Wayne Engel. I remember my buddy got the Famicom Super Mario Brothers 3 before it released in the States. I remember it having an adapter so it fit in the NES. That's cool. From James Roach, the Tanuki and Frog Suits and the P-Wing were just so awesome at the time. It was new. Yeah, they're still awesome. Yeah, they're fantastic. It's, you know, anything that fully empowers you. Like, it's, it's again, this game is very good at giving you the empowering items less and less. So the biggies obviously are less and less more rare. So when you use that P-Wing and you're just flying through the level, it just feels wonderful. And yeah, you're skipping a level, but you've, you've kind of been rewarded for it. And it's, it's pretty great. I, I love it. From Michael Maynor, I remember it's feature link commercial, The Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> for, I haven't seen that movie in years. So I'll have to change that one day. It's California. Honestly- Oh, God, California. It's really like a dark story, too, for a Nintendo commercial. It's brutal. It's brutal. There's, like, <laughs> terrible parents and abuse and, like, yeah. like I'm like, wait, this is, like, this, like, as a kid, I didn't even realize that. But as an adult, when I went back and watched it, I'm like, did Nintendo really approve this? Like, this girl's being abused. Like, what the hell? It's, it's not. <laughs> and these kids are running away from home. And, like, it's not. And they're being pursued by crappy, yeah, crappy parents. And it's, oh, it's, uh, yeah. I, I'll have to watch it. No, I'm curious. It's, a, it's it's very adult themes. Look, as a kid, we were just like, show me Nintendo stuff. Just show Power Glove, yay. Give me arcade games, yay. We No one paid attention to the dumb story. We were just sitting there eating popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> no, as an adult, though, like, I can't believe Nintendo approved this. It's ridiculous. I, I don't know how. You're right. You're 100% right. <laughs> Probably like, here's a bunch of money. Okay, we, you know, do what you want. We don't care right now. <laughs> All right. And then from Conrad Funderbook. As a kid, I got this the week it came out and 100% it over the course of a week. I left my NES on overnight for multiple days, and I've never been so nervous about losing progress in a game. Beat it with over a million points and had to call my mom. I was so excited. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is very cool. That is very cool. Right. And then from Jarrett Lawson, I once beat that game in 30 minutes. Yeah. 
You, I mean, I did not, but warp whistles, I know you can. With warp whistles, you can definitely do in 30 minutes. Yeah. All right. Okay, from Emmett Stegmeyer, the, the game that made me love video games is still one of my all-time favorites. Nearly flawless. It's easy to play, but hard to master. And if you seek out the difficulty, this game will offer it. All right. And then from the last group I'm going to read from, the Super Mario Brothers 3 group, I got a few. Let's see. Oh, from Aaron Flowers, did you finally beat it? Because I posted how I was playing it for the first time. And yes, I beat it three times in this episode because I could. <laughs> so all right, let's see here. Okay. From oh, another one from Aaron Edwards. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 is my all-time favorite, in my opinion, greatest video game of all time. I got it for Christmas 1990. I beat it in the summer of 92. World 2 Desert Land is my favorite land. I think it's underrated. Mario 3 changed the way I looked at video games and the world. It set the standard in my eyes. Whenever I see a water, a pipe, a mushroom pyramid, a tall building, I think of Mario 3. Iceland is my second favorite. Okay. It's so much fun playing with someone. Growing up, I played with my brother brother cousins and friends i still play to this day i beat it about four times in the last three months wow i'd love to hear the more of that story i have a, yeah. I have a podcast that's perfect for you sir i know seriously i i i love i love hearing people's stories about how games not only they liked but really impacted them personally that's what my show does so i sir reach out again <laughs> on twitter or, and i'm gonna uh, read two more from david shackleford i could play mario 3 blindfolded from world one to world eight Spent endless, amazing hours on it growing up. And last one from Chris Dickerson. I always loved this game. The music and the levels made it fun as well, which we have not talked about. Oh, the music is, yeah, we yeah. haven't even discussed oh, the music. Oh, yeah, we haven't even touched the music. Yeah, <laughs> the music was, into it with, yeah, it's sensational, though. It was really good. I, I, I actually played this game mostly with sound. Amazing. So, hey, that is amazing. <laughs> I, I just had sound on a lot for it, and I, I really enjoyed it with sound. That was I one just, of my highlights, I think, from the the Super Mario movie when Mario gets a Tanuki suit. In the movie, Mario Three music starts playing, and I was like, yep. "Oh my god, I love uh, that so much!" <laughs> That's yeah, cool. I, just, I still need to see that movie. Just yeah, snorting it's, nostalgia. It's subtle. It's just subtle, but it works so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that movie came out and is being successful because that means we'll get more stuff from Nintendo oh, yeah. for movies. So it makes oh, me yeah. happy. I want my Zelda movie. Maybe I don't have, know if it'll be I, good, but I want my Zelda movie either way. After this, I can I'll pitch you my idea for a Zelda Zelda property. I don't think it should be a movie. I think it should be a series, and I yeah. think it should be like a Black Mirror style, where every single episode is is animated and directed by a different group. Oh. So you have like an anime episode. You could have like a I don't know line drawing, like, like Star Wars visions or anime. Yeah, or something. yeah, or like a what if, like a what if for Marvel. I think that would suit Zelda so well because the lore is so kind of twisted and turned. And I think there's so much variety in those games. I think I think a series is what Zelda ought to be. I don't think a movie is going to serve it well. But my opinion, I, they, I just no want one paying me for these ideas. So. That's why. Oh, yeah. And I want I Funko love, Pops, damn it. I want I Zelda love, Funko Pops. I love oh, Zelda no, I iconography. I don't have room for them. Don't want them because I'll have to buy them. <laughs> yeah, I, I already got tons of Funko Pops. I got to buy more bookshelves just so I can put them up elsewhere because I have too many of these little bastards. But Oh, I, did they make Zelda Funko Pops? I'm I'm fucked. I'll buy every single one. Each, each iteration. I'm yeah. Zelda's my thing. I'm screwed when that happens. Even though I don't like Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom, but you know we'll see. <laughs> you haven't played them. I played Breath of the Wild a little bit, but not enough. Not enough. You didn't play Tears of the Kingdom, so you can't even no. say you don't like it. No, I just don't. I didn't like the style of Breath of the Wild. And I know it's the same thing. So. Oh yeah, it was so totally different. A lot of people who didn't like Breath of the Wild actually love Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, oh, I'm gonna play. I think Breath of the Wild this year. or Next so year, for 500 show. episode, right? You talked about. Yeah, that's why I think I'm going to make it happen. Oh, I forgot I said that already. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So the last episode. <laughs> I'm locked into yeah. it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make myself do it, and I just don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but I'm going to make myself. I, 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 uh, yeah, I, 
I'm so done with Zelda right now. I can't. I was talking about, we were talking about this in the virtual green room. I, I just finished a six month Zelda series next year. Next year, once it's purged from my system, because I'm so, uh, so, no, and that, I'm and that so Zelda full. You got to take a, you can't, that's why I will never play a series. Like if you notice in this podcast, you don't see the same game of a series that close together. Because I once did it was Uncharted. I played Uncharted 1, 2, and 3, one after another. And I was so done by 3 that I will never do that again. So. See, I did I did 1, 2, 3, 4, and Lost Legacies back-to-back back for Uncharted. I like doing marathons like that, though. I, I can't. It was also my first time playing 3, and I'd, I'd played 1 and 2 multiple times before, and I was just burned out by that. I didn't even enjoy 3, and I need to go back to it someday. But I like I can't. Sorry, if, if, if you like Zelda, I have a podcast I'd like to recommend to you called The Gamer Looks of Fortune. <laughs> I did literally 19 episodes on Zelda. I would go through every single game. Some of them three. I, would, I did three episodes of Majora because Majora is just. Piece of yeah, did you, did you do four swords? I, I on the smaller ones I've never played. I did like combo episodes. So we didn't we didn't do like Minish Cap. I did like a, a, an ending episode where I kind of put the bits and pieces together of people's comments on the smaller games. But all the mainline titles. Those are mainline titles. I know. Listen, I'd still be doing it. I can't. I'd still be doing the damn thing. So I'm so glad that. So if you like if you like Zelda, I have a series for you. It's like hours and hours of content. Uh, all right, we should go to Shelf Stacker yeah. Box. I know we're running out of time. And Bill, why don't you go first? Uh, it's is a sh- I mean, look, it's shelf. I mean, this is this is a this is a revered game for a reason. And th- for those of your commenters who said it's their favorite of all time, it's you can make strong arguments. You know, those are you know obviously you can't argue someone's favorite, you know, because that's their personal opinion and they have reasons. But you, you can make strong arguments. This is a tenpole game in, in video games. This is influential. It's and it still holds up and. Yeah. It's uh, it's glorious. So if you've never played it, I mean, I highly recommend playing it at least on NSO. It's yeah, do it with the save states. What do you care? We're we're modern gamers. We can do that now. So yeah, don't yeah. don't try to beat things legit unless you yeah, unless you want to. And it, it's it's foundational. So I just yeah, but don't feel like you have to. I mean, there's I mean, I went through a phase where I thought I had to beat things legit, and I, that no, I mean, long time ago. <laughs> and Barry, what about you? Oh, easy, easy shelf. I mean, come on. It is like, like you said, it's a ten pole game. Uh, it is one of the best games on the NES, and it holds up so extremely well. It is aged like a fine wine. It is just, it plays brilliantly. It sounds brilliantly. Its level design is is perfect. I mean, I'll, I still prefer World over it. I will always have a soft spot for Mario Three and recognize just how great it is, and and can still to this day just pop it in whenever just to play. And it's like riding a bike. It's like oh, I know where everything <laughs> is. It's just comfort food. Okay, and I'll go last. I'm also going to put this in the shelf. I had a great time playing this game. I came into it with not really great expectations because it, it just wasn't. It's never been my favorite, but I I enjoyed myself so much in this playthrough, and it was just so much fun to go through this game. And I beat it three times. I never do that. I wanted to experience every version of this game that I could. So it's going on the shelf, and I'm so glad I finally can say I beat Mario three. Well, hey, I use save states, but I beat Mario three. It's good enough for me. <laughs> Saw the credits. You're good. Yeah. So it works for me. And I took pictures of all the credits too, and all three versions that I beat. So. <laughs> That's one of my ways to remember what I do. All right. And then I wanted to do what we're talking about next week. Uh, next week, you can hear me talk about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Another game with three, because we're going to wrap up that series of those three games, that trilogy. Well, unless you count the remake of one and two. Or I don't. Versions of one and two. <laughs> those are different games. Because naming is hard in these games. Uh, naming is hard when you're trying to get the full amount of money out of it that you can. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm playing that for the first time in, like, years. So you can hear about that next week. And, Barry, where can people find you at? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire, where I love to talk about video games. So uh, shoot me a DM and, and a follow. Uh, you can also find us at premiumeditiongames.com, as well as at Premium Edition 1 on Twitter and everywhere else, Premium Edition Games, where you can pre-order our latest releases, as well as pick up a bunch of in-stock physical games that were digital only beforehand. Some great classics, and uh, hopefully you enjoy. Like Wife Quest, I know, is one of them. Wife Quest is one of for pre-order right to, now. I need to play that. So good. I have it on Steam, but I need to play it. <laughs> it, it looks interesting. I just haven't so got around good. to it. Too busy. Too many games. And Bill, where can people find you at? I think you're a gamer. I will tell you where you find Bill. You find Bill at Gamer Looks at Forty that we talked about throughout this podcast many times. Sorry, I forgot I was on mute. Now, yeah, like, Gamer Looks at Forty. If you enjoy nostalgia, uh, it basically I try to tell people stories about how games influence their lives, games they love, a uh, long series. Uh, I don't know when this is airing. When is this airing? Next week, Sunday. Next week. Okay, yeah. cool. So my latest episode, I think, at this point, will be an interview with the the gentleman who drew the Mega Man Two box art. I. Nice. It's a it's it's a fascinating conversation because that's a little part of his story. He's it, we talk about his time in Vietnam. We talk about how his time in Vietnam influenced his, his art art. He's done over 150 covers for various games across the years. He is an accomplished artist and he's got a cool story. It's a very fascinating story of of not just drawing Mega Man 2 of life in Silicon Valley when video games were, were blowing up. He's never played a game in his entire life. He's never touched a <laughs> controller. That he did that box art completely. It's a fa- it's an interesting story, and uh, <laughs> it's it's neat. It's a good, it's a cool story, and I, I think it's a uh, he's an interesting guy. So uh, check it out if you like uh, game podcasts about nostalgia, which you do if you listen to this show. So a gamer looks at forty on Twitter, all over the place. Please uh, give it a listen. All right, you'll see a link in the show notes as always. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can find everything we do on Podbean. You can go on Podbean and just search, type in Mario. We've done a bunch of different Mario episodes. You also will see a link to the other Mario episodes we did in the show notes of this episode. But we've done a ton, so definitely go check those out. Not as many as other stuff, but we've done a decent amount. So go listen to that. We also do movies, comics, all sorts of stuff. You can find everything we've done on Podbean. Also, if you want to support the show, we do a Patreon for those dying vote in our Patreon polls. We have currently the Rob William poll, movies that Mike has never seen. So let me go check that out for a little dollar. You can help affect the show and change the show, sort of. <laughs> and if you want to talk with us, we do have a Discord, so please go join our Discord. And I want to give a shout-out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Free. You can follow her on TikTok. She's now TikTok famous, so definitely go check her out. And and if you want to, and also please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube. And also, if you want to help support the show, too, please review us on whatever podcast platform you listen to the show, because it helps get the algorithms going. And I think that's everything I need to say, so we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.